It's a Sons of Anarchy episode, and it's a big one. Clay goes rogue behind the club's back on a couple of fronts. Most importantly, he and Tig plan to kill Opie. Unser's message about the real witness to Hefner's murder comes in a bit too late, and it all goes wrong. Blame Stahl, blame Clay, blame Tig, blame Hale, blame Opie, blame anyone and everyone, but this episode changes everything, and I'm joined today by the real star of Belated Binge, making her debut as co-host Cousin Amy. Hi, and welcome to Belated Binge, Sons of Anarchy, the Rebinge podcast that doesn't take itself or the show too seriously. I'm Zach, your host, revisiting some of the most iconic series in recent memory that I nearly missed out on, like, well, Sons of Anarchy, which got popular when I was in college, and I didn't watch until, like, after, I don't know, six years had passed, and I got my fancy little pieces of paper. And today, we continue our binge of Season 1 with Episode 12, The Sleep of Babies. The Belated Binge Podcast. Before we get into it, there will be spoilers. Uh, kinda, sorta. We're keeping this one pretty spoiler-free for a very specific reason that we'll get into in just a second. There will also be adult language and situations. Earmuff the children for the love of whoever you pray to. Shout out to Katie and Alice holding it down for the bonus binge squad. More on Patreon later, but huge shout out to Alice, who is the newest member of the bonus binge squad. And now, the moment that I've been waiting for, for like two years, seriously, I haven't been able to sleep in like two weeks since we decided we were going to do this. My eyes are bloodshot. I'm pretty much methed out. That's how excited I am about this. I finally get to introduce the guest for this podcast. It's Cousin Amy! (laughs) I'm sorry, you haven't been getting sleep. (laughs) (laughs) it's worth it so for the longest time you've been literally the biggest supporter of this podcast uh fun fact for those who don't know you're the brains and the skills behind all of the cover artworks that take place all the little character dude poses and 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 scenes that it plays out for all the different binges which is quite frankly my favorite part that uh, that this podcast has to contribute to the world and it has nothing to do with me i i have been dying to know and i've never asked you though how the hell did you find this podcast in the first place <laughs> well um so i found this podcast because uh you told me about it <laughs> did i really yeah that's how this went yeah <laughs> wow so marketing was complete fail Complete it was a failure fail. on me. It's failure. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. I'm glad to know that all that work and all that work hours and, paying and off. days <laughs> and weeks and months that I spent trying to get it to as many people as possible, I had to reach out to my own family members just to let them know that it existed. <laughs> it went really well. Um, but you've been listening to the Harry Potter stuff for a while, since whenever I told you about it. Yeah. You've never seen Sons of Anarchy. No. You're yeah. actually later than me. I'm later than you. I always laugh at the intro because you're like, if you haven't seen it by now, you're even later than I was. And I was like, that's me. <laughs> How the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I do remember hearing about this show, um, but 
I never jumped in on it because, well, A, I don't have a motorcycle. And B, I was probably busy watching The Office. <laughs> um, <Fair. laughs> I think it came out like in like 2008, I want to say. Mm -hmm. um, and that was the year I graduated college. Um, and we didn't have like cable. We were poor. So that was probably another reason, I guess. But yeah, I started watching it because, you know, I wanted to listen to all of the belated binge episodes. And I was like, I can't just like ignore this whole little section. <laughs> and I also figured since I like Harry Potter and Office and you like both those, I'm like, this one must be pretty good, too, if he likes it, too. So I to give it a roll. Is it right so far? Yeah, I've liked it. It was a little um, at first I was like, oh, I'm not sure about this. <laughs> but like, yeah, it's picked up because, yeah, there's a lot of stuff in it where I'm like, you know some of the stuff i guess it doesn't put it it's like it doesn't age well <laughs> like oh like, no you know what i mean like i'm like mm, i don't know about about some of this <laughs> uh, it, it ages horribly it ages like milk and <laughs> and at the time even it was a very like edgy yeah we don't really do this on tv type of a yeah. show which might have been part of the reason that it worked so well but yeah it does if you can get past though the cultural brashness yeah. of it the main like, nice undertones it. of the show are very like they, they were very much ahead of their time in yeah. a lot of ways and you haven't gotten to well i can't do maths uh what is one of one divided by seven because that's how long you've got to go <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, is it seven seasons then it is it's seven, seven full okay. seasons are they all like 12-ish episodes they're all 13 with the exception of one season and for the life of me right this second i can't remember which season that is but mm -hmm. the finale is actually a two-parter so it's Makes 14 sense. that season okay which one was that i think it's either four or five okay uh, i can't what remember. that has 14 as well mm -hmm. okay yeah, well, I didn't so know it, because you know how The Office starts like it's like six episodes for the first yeah. season, and then it like at one point it's like twenty four episodes in a season. So I'm like, yeah, you never know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's they they went the full they went the full gamut every season. There and there's only one that has one extra episode, making it fourteen, which brings the grand total, I believe, to like ninety two okay. episodes that are in this thing. Well, so you've got I'm I'm on board. <laughs> yeah, you've got like up. eighty left. Yeah. <laughs> It's, yeah, it's just one, you know, leave of absence from work away from being finished. Just sit there on the couch and watch it all. That's pretty much how I did it. Uh, really? The moment <laughs> that I, yeah, the moment that I actually dove in, this was one of those, and I've told part of this story on the podcast, but fuck, why? that's why you're here is to hear me talk, right? Actually, yep. they're here to hear you talk, uh, is the, I had heard that it was good in college. I didn't partake uh given life at that time and i was it was a weird timing thing because i had just bought my motorcycle mm -hmm. and i was scrolling through one day when i was home alone looking for something new to watch and i was like hey this is on netflix and i remember hearing it was great mm -hmm. let me read the little intro thing and like i read it and i'm like hmm that's seems like that might be up my alley let's give her a go and then I don't think I moved from that spot on the couch for four months. Like I just stayed there and, and I got very skinny. Um, I almost died twice. 
uh, and it smelled very, very bad by the time that I finished. But it was a very amazing experience for me, uh, not so much my my now wife. Uh, I was going to say, was she there? <laughs> I'm sure she pried you off the couch a few times. This is actually uh, this. She hated this show so much. Oh, no. So I, I couldn't watch it when she was in the room. And it's because so you haven't gotten to some of the more sexually driven, uncomfortable scenes that are going to come. Oh, well, I mean, show. there's there's been a couple, so it's there, it's um, it's worse. That was child's oh, play. Way, way worse. <laughs> okay. Way Wonderful. worse. And Great. and they don't happen that often. Okay. Like this, this isn't a sex show. Like, yeah. let me just. It's not, it's not like Game of Thrones. There's I, like a crap ton. Wouldn't oh, wait, know. You, didn't you see haven't it. seen it. I'm sure. <laughs> of course you haven't. All right. I, I was need watching to this. get you to watch that. <laughs> that was amazing. It's on the short list of possibilities for this podcast. Oh, it's so good. Um, but yes, it's from what I've heard of Game it is not that. However, they do happen. And when they happen, they're kind of brutal to watch for a second. And that is the only time she would walk in the room. You're like, your timing is impeccable. That's literally it. The only time she would walk in the room is when one of those was going to happen. And she would just say, like, are you watching your prison sex show? Are you watching your rape show? And I'm like, Jesus, no. No. It's bikes and bullets. And it's like cool stuff. Yeah. No. I'm. So you're just into this. Okay. She's like, I'm a little worried. Yeah. She's still here. So I don't know what that says about her. <laughs> Anyways, should we dive into this? Because we could do Absolutely. this part all day. Yeah. Yep. yep all right. Yep. As usual with Sons of Anarchy, we're going to try to kick this thing off by trying to introduce the episode as if it was a romantic comedy. Somehow, for this episode, we're going to manage this. I think. You should love every day like it might be your last. Because you never know what the day might bring. One minute, you're the happiest you've been in years. Smiling, appreciating your family, appreciating your lover. The next minute, you're not. Your brain splattered across the dashboard of your car. Cherish this. I tried. I don't know. Let's jump into <laughs> episode so sad. 12 <laughs> from season one. It's the sleep of babies, and we open on bad commercials. But eventually, we do get to Jackson Tara cuddle time. Yay! Everyone is waking up and starting their day with their partners or their conquests or perhaps their demons or whatever that they have. And apparently, Tara mumbled those three little words in her sleep. Which is actually something I don't think I ever caught in previous watches of this show. Oh, I definitely caught it. Because yeah. I was like, in the last episode, weren't wasn't she like struggling to say that? Oh, I'm I'm sure. She's I'm she, pretty sure like they were talking directly about it and she like wouldn't say it. And I was like, what the hell? What just happened? These two are a emotional roller coaster, to say the least. It's it's very um I'd say it's very Jim and Pam, but like if it involved capital murder. I was going to say, how is it Jim and Pam? Where is this show going? Uh, anyway, 
Uh, we definitely know that Gemma loves her birds more than Clay, though. That that one that, we were aware was, of. That was very funny. Yeah, and not a shock. Uh, and of course, Opie's family. It's wholesome. It's so sweet. The complete opposite of Tiggs, which is completely fitting whatever the hell he's doing. Uh, I personally like Piney. How he opens this show with some young woman in his bed trying to get a fix and he just starts beating her with a pillow. Like, get out! Yeah. I, I love that. Piney is a gem. Just a gem. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Abel waking up to the doctor. And credits. Which actually came quicker than... I, was, I literally... I wrote that down. I was like, was this shorter? Yeah, it was like a montage and then okay. credits. That's so weird. We usually I'm glad it takes like 20 I'm minutes crazy. to get there. Well, well, maybe, but the two things aren't mutually exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Clay and Tig suck. That's, that's the next line of my notes. That's what I have. It's just Clay and Tig suck. Um, there's something going on in Oakland. And there's a, a secret mission to, you know, murder Opie. So you you being new to this series and watching this unfold for the first time, which is an enviable position. <laughs> how have you been doing with this whole like Clay and Tig plot against Opie and seeing it come to uh, fruition? Not a, not a fan. No. Not a fan. No. Are Not are you a big Opie fan at this point? So yeah, you know how you were saying like the the in the beginning, like he's like laying there with his family. Like mm -hmm. as someone with a family, I yeah. you know, it's just like I've I've been there. I've been in bed with my littles and I'm like, Oh, that's so cute. And they're all there and they're all cozy, you know? Mm -hmm. And and then it cuts to Tig and Clay being you know, but it's like I get it because they're like, you know, they think he's like been against them. Like I understand why they are like in the position they are but i'm like oh god no it's so so much anxiety because you know as the audience as the fourth wall you know that they're on the wrong side here but yeah no i'm a big obi fan he seems very conflicted he seems mm -hmm. like a sweet guy he seems like he is trying to do right by his family and by the club so i think he's just kind of in a, a bad position yeah that's that's a good way to put it he's I have always gone kind of back and forth on Opie just yeah. as a character and how much I invest in him. And I think this time through, I'm not 100% on this, but this might be the first time I'm watching like the whole thing as a dad. Oh, okay. And so yeah, I'm, I, think you, I think you get a different vibe because yeah. he's the only one that has a family, I think, right? No one else... Well, Tig said he had kids, but I mean, they're not a part of his life. So, yeah, but yeah, everyone else, I mean, Jax gets a baby right at the beginning, but like, you know, he's not an established dad. Yeah. So I think he's the only one in that spot, right? Uh, Bobby has, um, let, let's just say he's the only one that goes home to his wife and kids at night. Okay. There are. Is Bobby married? Uh, No. Okay. No, uh, he has ex-wives. Um, okay. At least one named Precious that you'll get to meet. Uh, well, <laughs> do you meet her? I think she. I think she pops up for like a second. Um, but that's what he does. The 
Bobby Elvis stuff for is to make some extra money to send oh, for his I child do love support. the Bobby Elvis stuff. That was great. It's great. Does it's, it come back? It's really good. Um, not enough. <laughs> not enough. At, More at Bobby some Elvis. Point, yeah, <laughs> at, at some point we kind of lose it. Um, but it does. It it re it just kind of like pops up every once in a while. Okay. And it, I really and liked it. Kind of fun. So I was hoping mm -hmm. it would come back. <laughs> Yeah, it it feels like something that was supposed to have a little bit more staying power, but then at some point in time, I don't think it's going to come as a shock to you that this series gets pretty serious in its yeah. subject matter. And, like, eventually, how do you keep shoehorning in dressing like Elvis? Right. <laughs> like, I'm not sure how to incorporate this in a natural way. <laughs> yeah, eventually it, you know, eh. Uh okay, so uh Stahl and her minion are are barely phased that the bugs that they planted aren't working. Uh the dude even said, like, hey, what if the club found him? And Stahl's like, meh, meh, it's fine. You know, he only has to survive one more day. What could happen? What could really go wrong? Uh and they're gonna know that he wasn't the witness and that I'm a lying, dirty piece of shit and have been the whole time after all. That's what she said, right? That was her dialogue? Yeah, I, I mean, that's what I heard. Okay, okay. Well, yeah, it's it's what I have in my notes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, let's be honest. Though, like, she doesn't give a shit if they kill Opie. And she I, really doesn't. Especially now, after yeah. what Otto did. Like, she's like, fuck these guys. <laughs> yeah, she she does no not way. care. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and Clay, I had actually forgotten about this interaction. Clay walks right into her office like he owns the like police barges station. In. Yeah. Yeah, because that's how all this works. Uh, I don't know if you know, but that that's that's all. They all just let him come in. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep. He just gets to. to... Unser's literally in like a jail cell. But I know. Clay can I just come that. barging in. It's fine. <laughs> Unser's the problem here, uh, and this is where she should have just told him about Opie, right? Like, if you think about doing, knowing that it, the plan didn't work. She could have literally just said, like, yeah, you got me. It didn't work. <laughs> I don't know. Isn't she still, like, kind of hoping something comes out of it? I don't. I honestly don't think she Or is, is it already point. over by that point? Yeah, I think she thinks it's done. I think she okay. thinks that if it was going to, like, work it would have by now because this was always such a tight time crunch for her sure she only had like two days for this to actually oh, yeah. produce fruit and clay barging in and telling her to her face that she set opie up which again he's doing but doesn't believe he's right. still gonna he's been on this weird parallel path this whole time with the opie thing where he's like his initial reaction was stall set him up. But then he's over here letting Tig convince him that they have to kill Opie. And he's still going to show up in Unser's office where Stahl is, and he just happens to know that because plot. And tell her to her fate, like, you're, you're setting him up, and it didn't work, and you're a piece of shit. She could have easily been like, yep. Yeah, got me i i think well, clay is like the witness is i think clay Whatever. is like desperately trying to to i think he's really on obi's side 
And so I think he's just desperately trying to get her to say that, you know, like, I think that's why he barged in there. He, maybe he wasn't hoping exactly what he said that she would have just said it at that point. Um, because it seems like he does really care about him, you know, in, in his clay way. Yeah. If clay cares about anything, uh, he's, right. he's at least, I think he also knows what that would mean with his, him and Jax's relationship as well. Yeah. So maybe even if it's not about his feelings for Opie, he knows it's going to cause problems with Jax. Yeah. Yeah, I also think that he could have gone in here a little bit more strategically. Sure. I mean, yet I, he doesn't seem like the kind of guy, though. No, no. But, like, he could have gone in here and tried to figure out if Opie really was the rat. Right. Instead of just trying to show her how big his dick was. Yeah. But he only knows one way, it seems. Yeah. At the table, Tig confirms that there are no bugs which obviously doesn't factor into their plan to kill Opie, because why would it? Uh, they're trying to figure out how to pay for the lawyer, for Bobby, if he goes to murder trial. The same lawyer who convinced Clay and Tig that Opie flipped. Good, good lawyer. Uh, he's decided they're going to sell their surplus of guns, which is their personal stash, basically, and their mm -hmm. protection guns. The stuff that they don't sell, that's that's what they're gonna sell now. And Jackson Chibs are are not on on board, but it's Clay's plan, so it's short sighted and ego driven, and it's gonna happen no matter what what anybody else thinks. I you I am having a hard time uh, being neutral on Clay from this episode. I think it's it's coming <laughs> out. <that> vibe. <laughs> yeah, it it doesn't, and I never. I never really analyzed Clay's leadership ability mm -hmm. before doing this podcast and looking at all of these micro decisions that he's making in each episode and thinking like, fuck, you could have done that way better. Yeah. Like this wasn't the move Clay. Like this is, and there's, there's a bit of a, a theme to yeah. all of them being sort of the same guns and force and is is bobby one of like the originals like the ogs though no bobby is not a first nine member um okay because i'm wondering like is that like why he's so desperately like let's get him out of there <laughs> you know no i i think he's and i don't have i think there's a book that probably lays out more of the like finer details of each member's uh uh, joining, I don't have that book. I should probably buy the book. Um, but I think that I think the way that it essentially goes is Clay was first nine, Jax's dad was first nine, Piney was first nine, Otto was first nine, and a character that you have not met yet. Uh, actually, two characters that you've not met yet um, were first nine, and then the other two are a mystery to me. Um, okay, but then, so you don't ever know them. Yeah, that yeah uh okay and then there's um then there's like the tig bobby so they um, were like a second wave yeah yeah okay. i think because they think seem they're like they're like the next generation along with like chibs okay. um and then there's like the new generation of like jacks and opie and um i think that the uh, the guy that they burned 
the tattoo off of his back was like part of oh, their, yep. you yeah. know, like their regime. <laughs> um, and then Juice is Jax's prospect that got patched in. Oh, okay. I don't think I realized that. Yeah. Well, you don't, that wasn't made clear and and it's literally like a throwaway line in a later season that it like, <laughs> like that oh, it kind way. of is confirmed well who who sponsored juice uh okay. turns out it was jacks according to that but then like uh the actor that played juice theo rossi he and the actor that played tig kim Coates, did a rewatch podcast called reaper reviews oh okay. um, over the pandemic and they gave some like insider information throughout the whole thing um and even even theo said it wasn't really clear throughout the filming the show who juices like in so, was like who his guy was i don't know enough about the whole prospect thing so mm -hmm. like i know half sack is a prospect mm -hmm. um so who so so in order to be a part of the club like someone has to like sponsor them mm -hmm. okay yep. and so who's who's sponsoring half sack I don't know if they ever tell us. Uh, I, the way that they interact, it makes me think it might be Chibs. Okay. Um, they have a couple of interactions. Um, do you remember when Half Sack stole the ambulance? Mm hmm Where Chibs was like, if you, if you ever want that bottom rocker, like you, you better come up with some cash like kind yeah. of off on the side it made me feel like that relationship was a little bit plus he was involved in like training him for that fighting and stuff like that that kind of went right. wrong okay um, yeah it, that would make sense they seem kinda, like they're more together yeah yeah a little a little bit tighter but the the general process and this is this is where they tried to follow at least some real life uh through lines or whatever mm -hmm. is you have to be invited to hang around, which is essentially they let you hang around when they do parties and, you know, mm -hmm. you can just come shoot the shit, you know, whatever. Um, then if somebody invites you to prospect uh, as a essentially a trial period for mm -hmm. membership, um, then you get to do that. I think generally speaking, it's like six months to a year, fairly standard Okay. In that life, um, but in in the show, they say it's a year, and once your year is up, they vote on whether you get to stay or not, and that's when you get an actual patch for the back of your cut, along with the rockers on the top and the bottom. Okay. Um, and those are like the those are like the insignias of your membership to the club that's why he runs around with just prospect across the bottom of his he hasn't earned right it yet. hasn't earned his colors his rags does he, his, does he all eventually does he eventually get it is that a spoiler <laughs> it would be a spoiler that would do you a disservice oh, okay don't tell me that <laughs> so i'm gonna leave it alone i need to know <laughs> <laughs> um like, anyways, just watch them faster <laughs> yeah yeah um so we've got we've got the plan going down in Oakland, and basically the gist of it is they're splitting up Jackson Opie, and they're splitting up the gun deal, money in one place, guns in another, and this is about as strategic as you see Clay. It's just for all the wrong reasons, mm -hmm. and it's it on the surface makes it look like don't put guns and money in the same place. 
lessen your likelihood of actually of getting caught and getting burned and all of that. What it really is is getting Opie separated with Tig so that Tig can kill him. <laughs> uh, but that's what's going down, um, unfortunately. Uh, the thing that Clay is a fan of in this episode, though, is Abel getting to come home. Yay! Uh, and Jax is a fan. Tara's a fan. Everybody's a fan. Everybody's a fan of Abel coming home. Yep. Finally. Fucking finally. Uh, I would like to say that this ends the trips back and forth to the hospital, but, like, nope, we spend a lot of time there. Uh, Tara once again brings up their relationship. Apparently, I don't know, maybe she was dreaming the three little words and it's at the forefront of her mind. I don't know. Uh, I particularly like the funny line of Jax comparing her to Wendy. <laughs> Tara didn't find it that funny. No, I thought I was like, romantic? <laughs> <laughs> what did you expect to happen on that one, Jax? <laughs> I mean, it's... It's good though, kind of, sort of, in his own Jack's way. We we're we're reminded that he's still very, very much young bachelor brain. Yeah, that's I guess that's true. Because he was married to Wendy, but like, how long were they married? I honestly don't know. Like, I kind of forgot they were married until like later in the episode. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, yeah. oh yeah. I think she I imagine was imagine that was a long time. No, I wouldn't think so. I mean, it was long enough for them to split and then try to reconcile, fail. I'm just wondering if they, baby. if like, if, eh. if she got pregnant and then he like proposed type of thing. No, because the the pregnancy came of the failed reconciliation. Oh, okay. The the marriage. I th I think what it. If I and again, there may be something out there that actually explains this a little bit better. But my interpretation from watching the show several times is that Wendy was a crow eater when Tara left town. Crow eater. Uh, so another very fun and um doesn't pass the twenty twenty three smell test in that culture. It, and they even they don't even call it this in the show because I think it's the insinuation is pretty rough is the idea of a pass around. Oh, yeah, yeah, Not sounds just that. like that. Remember, <laughs> remember the Indian Hills episode, uh, where we meet Cherry. Oh yeah, sorry, I didn't know the name of. And what no. they're, yeah, their wasn't a fan of that either. That. <laughs> Essentially, so that's what um, she was. Kind of. They just don't. They just don't use it as like prostitution, right? They the the idea in the culture is that there are women that hang around motorcycle clubs and they kind of just make their way through the club until maybe one of them hooks up a little bit more, um, right? You know on a, an ongoing basis but a that's more just a basis <laughs> yeah yeah but that's a that's that's a thing that is documented in motorcycle culture history out mm -hmm. there and that is 
in this show, the representation is Crow Eater. Uh, remember the, I think it might have been the second episode. The, uh, the what is her name? Emily Duncan that shows up? Yes. You know, you the for the for the creepy cremation guy? Yeah. You do me, I do him, girl. Yep, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, I remember. That was Wendy. Wendy okay. was one of those. Okay. Um when either soon after or when Tara left town. And I think Jack's just kind of kind of latched onto her. Yeah, that was like his his, his rebound well, I guess I don't know. Um, is kind of the way that I see that having come to fruition. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, uh, sorry, didn't mean to get you off track. I was just like, I don't know what that means. No worries, no worries. Um, the thing that was a surprise in that scene to Wendy was the makeout session that she was mm-hmm. gonna walk into at the hospital. But we needed to start stirring some drama between those two women because, right. This is a soap opera, if we can, like, call it what it is. It's a soap opera on motorcycles geared towards men, and by God, it's a good one. Uh, and and Gemma's being very, very nice, and that's just weird. It's weird. Gemma being nice to Wendy is weird, and Wendy even thinks it's weird. So she's like, hey, you're just being nice to me to try to get Tara out of the picture. And... Gemma's like, yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I'm doing, Wendy. Yeah, she basically is like, who cares about my motives? <laughs> yeah, is that a is that a thing that matters? Like, what what do you? She just I'm owns being it. Nice to you. Yeah, <laughs> she's yeah. like, so, and <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gemma is the anarchy. Yeah. Uh, Stall brings the real witness to a safe house, just as Jackson Opie are packing up the guns. You know, the surplus guns, the guns they don't sell, so that they can go sell them. And Opie's getting this weird, like, spidey sense tingling of this is getting something's off here. Something's uncomfortable. Uh, and he literally asks Jax if he's walking into something. Uh, yep. Yep. Sorry. You are. But Jax doesn't know. Uh, he does start kind of laying things out for him in that, like, his dad's vision of the club and stuff like that. And Opie looks on the bright side and, you know, um, thinks Clay's hands are going to give out in a couple of years and Jax will be the president soon of the club. Because remember, hands, we got to we got to beat that one in a little bit so that we remember hands for Clay. He's got his arthritis and and whatnot. Uh, oh, cue okay. Donna showing up. Yeah, because that's what they're setting up right now is Clay's arthritis is going to get so bad he's not going to be able to ride a bike. And if you can't ride, you can't lead. Oh, yeah, that seems very um minor. <laughs> I mean, it's a yeah, I mean, but it, it's a motorcycle club after. No, all. I mean, like, like you, the hands that like oh, yeah. in your hands it just it seems like very minor. Well, it's I mean, I the controls know. on a motorcycle are very hand driven. Yeah. Um, so like you have to twist a throttle on this side. Your front brake lever is up here. Your they're like there's no like automatic the left. type of thing that he could ride. Um, I mean. He could. This is probably before all the accessibility stuff. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, sure. he could go. I don't even think that Piney's trike has an automatic transmission. And at this time of the like the this period that the show was made, I don't know that that was even a thing. Um, yeah. Nowadays, you could find like 
I know like a Can Am is a thing that gets made fun of a lot by people who act who ride like two wheel motorcycles, but like mm -hmm. you could do that. Um, and I want to say somebody, one of the, um, I want to say somebody like a maybe a BMW or something like that has has come with something that's um, automatic transmission sort of thing. I think maybe I oh uh, Honda has the the new Rebel that i think supports that i think there's a a regular version in a in yeah a, like a, there's been there's a been a big push version. in the last couple of years that where it's like accessibility and making mm -hmm. things more accessible to more people so yeah i'm sure that this take kind of take took place before and all that so uh yeah it just seems so minor now i'm like I'm yeah sure you could figure out something <laughs> yeah you would think but like you know turn signal and everything yeah. like yeah the Okay. You would think, but eventually you're going to see he actually, at one point in time, um, Jax has to literally tie his hands to his handlebars. Oh, my God. While, while they're on a ride. That's um, nuts. Okay. Yeah, so they, they, do, they do play that up as if that's going to be, like, the reason he loses his leadership chair is that he's not going to be able to Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because I had not picked up on that at all. I was like, yeah, that's what the, they're waiting on here. <laughs> mm -hmm, that's, that's the thing that they're doing. Okay. Um, with that, uh, Donna shows up, uh, getting us back into the scene, mm -hmm. and she's about as happy as you've, you know, ever seen her. Yeah. Hmm. Coincidental. I should have known. I should have yeah. known. Right mm -hmm. there. <laughs> yeah, and we've got the. Like, she's in a good mood. <laughs> yeah, we've got some like you know we're the the we're gonna re the kids are gonna reconnect with your mom and we're gonna do it and it's gonna be great and she and then she's all down to go to Jax's house and it's like oh my goodness everything's wonderful it's not wonderful uh and I can't wait for you to I'm gonna plant this seed now okay because nobody could plant it for me when I was watching this homeless lady that Gemma yeah. talks to in this episode just keep a keep a little antenna. Just keep a little antenna up for the homeless for that lady. Mm -hmm. Particular lady. She yeah, has... I even wrote a I wrote a note about her because I was like, this seems really random. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and I was kind confused of... by the interaction. Like she said mm -hmm. something like, I'm able to help my kids. And then Jenna Gemma was like, and I'm like, is she picking on it because it sounded like her grandkids' name? Cause the way that she says it and it's the way that she does actually say it the way that Gemma hears it. Yeah. So that we can hear it. Yeah. But she starts with, Abel will help my little boys. And wow. Gemma starts freaking out. And then she's like, what? And she clarifies, I'll be able to help my little boys. Yeah. And it's like, so that it's like, it gives you that, what yeah. did you say about Abel? Yeah. Moment and then easily remedied i guess you could say um yeah. but yeah the the rewatchers right now are going a little bit crazy uh, <laughs> but i think she's a fun addition to the show okay and i can't keep wait an eye out for you as you experience it for the first <laughs> time on your journey <laughs> on your your journey to leather and iron <laughs> <laughs> 
There you go. (laughs) And lots and lots of blood, Uh, which I guess has iron in it. I don't really know. Okay, so Clay and Leroy, the leader of the One Niners gang in Oakland. Uh, I had completely forgotten about this part of Clay's plan, but he's literally setting up his deal with the Mayans to get, like, infiltrated by the Niners. Uh, Mm -hmm. And it's... Again, Clay being strategic more so than he normally is, but kind of in all the wrong ways, it seems. Even Tig's not a fan of how Clay's got this one going down. Uh, He's totally fine with killing Opie, but he does not like the idea of shitting on their own, like, deal. Yeah. And I was confused because he, like, straight up said, like, to kill Alvarez, right? Yeah. And didn't Alvarez, he already killed his own kid to make, make things right. So, like, why are we still after this guy? Well, I mean, we are talking about decades of literal, like, it history and weird. war between these two. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I thought we resolved that. Yeah, and Clay's nothing if not honest. Yeah. He says as sarcastically as he possibly can. Because, yeah. yeah. Um but it, it, I did appreciate the American way line. I, I like that line in too. this. That was funny because it's poignant. Anyway, still, still accurate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hale walks in as Stahl and her minion realize that Opie is a just complete walking bullseye because of them. So that's fun. Not really much to report there. Uh, We do get to our potential cat bite uh, setup that's happening. You know, we got the Wenda and Tara awkward thing. And I don't care about it for the relationship part. Like, are you invested in that at all? Do you give a shit? About Tara and Jax? about About the Wendy Tara, like push and pull who's he gonna choose this nonsense so this scene was where i was like she said something about like ex-husband you know Mm -hmm. in an effort to make her feel better and then wendy's like no it's two more months until that's official and then that's where i was like wait they were married (laughs) so so confused (laughs) so uh no i i don't know i wouldn't say i'm invested but more kind of confused with it good good that's how it should be at all times. This show should confuse you a little bit. I think that's what Sutter was going for. Although, um, I will say, in this scene, um, the part I really liked where uh, Wendy was like, quit while you're ahead, or alive for that matter. And I was like, damn, that's dark. And then it's really poignant of how the episode ends, too. Uh-huh. Yes. So like, this. That is what I care about in this interaction, is yeah. the Gemma, like, truth bomb mm-hmm. that gets just yeah in in this moment uh and it's it's a lot and that's about as much as i can do right now with you (laughs) uh so that takes us to opie and tig having a like kind of cold ride in the truck for a minute and then it warms up significantly yeah. And Opie asks to borrow Tig's phone to check in on Donna, and they have this like touching moment. Yeah. Where Opie is the one to bring up 
Tig's daughters, like, he remembers you have a family. He's, like, trying to connect with them. Yeah. I think it's just showcasing that he's, like, invested in these people. Yeah, and I think that the... I don't think in this moment that it's a play by Opie in any way, right? No, like, I, I think he's just truly, like... Yeah. For, I'm interested in for you once, your, your life. Yeah, yeah, for <laughs> once you get this, like, you get this feel that Opie really does have a personal connection with more people in this club than just Jax. Yeah. Cause we don't see a ton of it in season one. He's kind of, he's kind of broody yeah. the whole season. And so you, and he, he's fighting his inner battle and you don't really see him interacting with the other members of the club other than Jax and basically yeah. asking clay if they're good and having like one other conversation with clay where clay's like, Hey, are you good? And he's like, yeah, I'm good. Like back in yeah. the truck heist thing. So it it is cool to see a layer of Opie here where he's like, oh, no, he really knows these dudes. And he like yeah. actually gives a shit about their, their family and whatnot. And we have Don and Fawn. Oh, my God. I laughed. <laughs> I laughed, right? And then Opie, Opie was laughing at the same time. And I was like, I'm glad it wasn't just me. <laughs> well, I, the thing that I like, and this is so Season one, Tig is the worst. But yes. one thing that you get, the, worst. the one thing that you get that's almost like a, a glimmer of hope is the way that Opie just kind of looks at him and he looks back and he goes, I know. I know. <laughs> I'm aware. <laughs> I know. I know. But it's that little bit of just like yeah. personalization of Tig isn't just some ruthless sociopath, yeah, like killer. There's heart to this character somewhere really deep though very 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 deep and not buried. seeing a lot of redeeming qualities so very very deep beneath the fear of of dolls apparently oh my god again i can't, I can't wait <laughs> i can't wait to talk about that let's talk about it now okay it was so so funny his face when they walk in he's like he just looked terrified yeah. oh my god i love it so much this dude that will he we have gotten and this is just off the top of my head, so it's not going to be an exhaustive list. But we have gotten the taco twofer with the um, I will gut them and flush their bellies with bleach, Tig. We have got the cold pack, Tig, where he's asking Clay if he's ever done a dead body. We have got the like just ruthless murderer version of Tig. We've gotten the I will literally kill a member of this club, Tig. And then we've got Dawn and Fawn and Scared of Dolls. What yeah. just happened? And they're back to, to back. Then <laughs> <laughs> they're back to back. Uh, yeah. I love it because he said, he said it's like, I hate dolls, man. They creep me out. And I was Bad. like, and then, like, Opie was like, that's a story that needs to be told. And I'm like, I agree. What is that's, here? A, that's a fantastic line. That is wonderful dialogue. That's yeah. a story that needs to be told. I just, he's like saying it as he walks away. And I'm like, I'm right there with you, man. Yes, it does. Please tell that story. Uh, on the other side of this deal, Clay and Jax are with Alvarez. And Alvarez is happy with his guns. And, you know, the Niners show up. Before Jackson Clay were gone, who yeah. could have seen this going wrong? A little, a little early. Mm-hmm. 
I think we're in for again a layer of TIG that we're getting shown mm-hmm. as the Niners hit the money side of this deal too, and he can't pull the trigger. And this is a question I want to ask you and your mm-hmm. the way that you interpreted this. Can Tig not pull the trigger on Opie because this is a brother and we just like we just had that moment in the truck. I you know, I just kind of like opened up to him a little bit about my fear of clowns, like that kind of thing. Or is this more in your mind a direct cause and effect? This guy just saved my ass. I think it's the just save your ass. Yeah. yeah. Cause I love this scene because Tig gets surrounded by dolls and they're like talking. And so he's like <laughs> freaking out. And I'm like, this is brilliant. It's absolutely hysterical. And then what I thought was really cool about this because so far in the whole season, all I've seen is Opie like hesitating, like mm-hmm. not moving forward. And it was like all of a sudden, he was just efficient, killing people left and right, like no mm-hmm. no hesitation at all. And then he comes around and saves Tig. And it was like, all of a sudden I was like, okay, so this is who he probably is normally in the club. Like he's not scared mm-hmm. anymore, I guess. And then Tig gets that chance. And I think, I think honestly, I truly do think it was just because he just <laughs> saved him. Yeah. I, I've never been able to pinpoint it because that was, I think that was my initial reaction too. Yeah. But then, again, the more and more I rewatch and I look at the different layers, I wonder... With the car, yeah. Yeah, I wonder if it's like... I wonder how much he's struggling with, this guy just saved me. And this, like, I'm I'm really about to take out one of my guys here. He probably was getting second thoughts while they were having that conversation in the car. And then I would think mm-hmm. him saving him kind of, like, sealed the deal of... Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to do this right now. Yeah, you're you're probably right. I also think, to your point with Opie... I think this is, and I also think you notice a difference in the situation that they're in. Mm-hmm. This is fight or flight. This is right. Pro- that's a good point. This is protect my, not just myself, but a, where he's a, not going out to kill someone, you know, yeah, that this, is innocent. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah this isn't that's, hit squad. That's a good point. Yeah. Th- this isn't hit squad. This is survival and and defense. Yeah. And I think you see that switch flip in Opie pretty quickly of like, oh, I can handle this, this stuff. Like this is, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, this, this feels, this feels like natural reaction Opie. Right. Whereas premeditated Opie is where his struggle seems to be, you know what right. I mean? Like where he's, where he's in his head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jax is uh, successful in getting Clay out of the shootout on their side of things. Alvarez isn't happy anymore, by the way. He was happy when they started. He's not happy now. I can't imagine. I don't imagine. know if you noticed. I <laughs> can't imagine he's happy. Didn't he get he got shot in the leg, too? Yeah, yeah. still has a pulse, though, so that's yeah. good. Uh, that's a plus. Uh, Clay's not happy either. Nobody's really happy. This did not end well. Yeah, this didn't go well. And Opie's still alive, so like Clay's not happy about that either. Um. <laughs> Alas. So Jax gives us a little recap of, you know, how this could be a big, 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 big fucking problem. And Clay is not saying anything, but he's also really upset with how that went, how Opie went. Like, it's they're broke with no guns, which becomes a thing. I'll, I'll give you that spoiler. Okay. That kind of becomes a thing for a club <laughs> that sells guns. 
to not have guns. They kind of end up broke with no guns a few times uh, throughout this. Um, and it's just funny to me because at the beginning of this show, Jax was like throwing out money like they were just yeah king shit. They're kingpins and whatnot. And now there's, they're broke with no guns. And here we go. Uh, and part two of the Opie plot. It's not over. It's not over. We have to have another new way for Opie to get killed and try to make it look like a gang shooting as a result of today's incident. I liked, um, so when they're talking and doing those plans, uh, mm -hmm. you know, Clay is like, what about Opie? Like, you know, what the, what happened, you know, mm -hmm. to Tig. And I like how it kind of paused. It was like, like he, it was like, I couldn't do it. Pause. Mm -hmm. I couldn't get a clear shot. So it was like the truth and then the cover up. And mm -hmm. I liked how that was, was done. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we've had Opie struggling this whole season. Mm -hmm. Jax has been struggling this yep. whole season. We're starting to see Cl or Tig struggle a little bit. Yeah. Mentally, I mean, like right. you know, with the the two sides or whatever or just, you know, things that they have to do and and he's struggling with no, this is I'm 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 Trigger Man, you know, and I'm and I'm Clay's I'm Clay's right. guy. I'm I'm Clay's puppy. I got to I got to do what Clay wants and he's 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 having a hard time with it. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. Um so now finally something bright and happy. Jax gets able with Wendy and a weird welcome home party begins and it feels so wholesome for for like a minute. Could probably do without Tara trying to like mark her territory uh on Jax. Like, the, I mean, this is, she's pretty much giving him, like, a golden shower in front of everyone yeah. right now. She's like, Very I'm... Very deliberate. Yeah, like, bleh, it could could do, could do without that, personally. Um, Jax doesn't handle it well. <laughs> he tries to handle it a little bit He's subtle. like, you can tell he's like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, he's like, what the fuck is going on right now? Like, what are... <laughs> He picked up on it for sure. <laughs> yeah. And I think he at least like, I appreciate that he asked to talk to her in private. Mm -hmm. That's I, class act. Yeah. I appreciate that the, I also appreciate the surprise. Um, if I can put myself in his shoes because they've been, I mean, she's been struggling this whole time with what is this weird thing that we're doing? Mm -hmm. You know, should we even be doing And, now you're going to go all PDA about it and try to, like, make a show of us being a thing in yeah. this moment when I just right. brought my kid home kind of th like, what the f what? Yeah. I don't I don't know that his delivery was great. I think it escalated really quick. I think it was a forced escalation there. Yeah. It was like, I did because like she smacks him. Oh, like, she it slaps the shit out of it. So yeah, and and I just felt like it wasn't really warranted. It just seemed very aggressive. It did. It did about because they didn't really talk that much before it happened. I was like, mm -mm. do they? I, I wonder if they if like the editors maybe deleted some of the fight. You That's know what I mean? fair. That's fair. <laughs> there could have been more or a lead up. Yeah, you know, it, it just seemed, seemed very quick. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, her, and maybe, I mean, she had a beer in her hand. Yeah. I don't think we've ever seen her drink on the show. That's true. So, like, maybe we're supposed to take that, like, this was like a family gathering where beers oh. are flowing and there's a little And that, that reminds me. Thing. So, before they get home, there's the scene where they're picking up the baby. Mm-hmm. And Tara and Wendy are there. Gemma's there because she's fucking always there. Yeah. And, like, there's, like, definitely some, like, death glares between uh, Tara and Wendy. And then Gemma makes a point to say... Let's get this family home, you know? Oh, yeah. And, like, Tara does this big-ass eye roll. And so I'm wondering, because I'm like, maybe, like, she was just so fed up, and maybe she was drinking. Mm-hmm. I don't think they really played that up, but I'm, like, wondering if, like, that line really cut her. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's clearly it's clearly been a fester for her yeah. to build up to this. And that's why I wonder, like, I don't know how much time we're supposed to believe has passed. Mm-hmm. And if maybe they've been there for a while and she has had a little liquid courage or mm-hmm. whatever um yeah. i don't know but it 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 did seem like an escalation okay god i wasn't alone on that one <laughs> uh and then of course opie and donna they switch cars opie i don't want to talk about it home <laughs> she takes the truck unser shows up late tig's already gone Leaves his phone on his bike. Clay can't get a hold of Tig. And fuck. It's so awful. Showtime. There's two things I want to hit on this. And then we can wrap this because for the love of God, we've been talking about this episode for a really, really long time. (laughs) But this is the important part. One, as a first-time viewer, and seeing this unfold with fresh eyes and just happy heart. What was your immediate reaction? Well, I did text you right after I finished the episode. On separate <laughs> lines, I did WTF. I was like, ah. Yeah, it was so, so much anxiety. Uh like so they went outside and they're all like being lovey and you know mm-hmm. again they're really playing up that donna's having a good time and that she's like she's you know forgiven him like she's we're we're moving on we're not gonna be assholes anymore to her husband you know type of thing and then and then the guy tig pulls off and then they switch cars and i was like no <laughs> i was like oh no oh no and like uh my husband was next to me on the on the couch and i was like no 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 and he's like what i was like they switch cars the guy thinks he's in the car <laughs> freak out oh that was so awful yeah it was just heartbreaking and then uh like as opie drives off with the kids like Tig like ducks down in the car. Like had he not, he would have seen him in the car. Like the whole thing, it just plays out. And then Unser shows up late and talking to Clay and you can just see the wheels turning in Clay's eyes. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh shit. And then he's calling and then I'm like, of course he doesn't have his phone on him. Like it was just, oh, it hurt my heart. It hurt my heart. Yeah. What do you think about the way that Tig did it? So it was so weird because like, like we talked about in the beginning, um, 
like he was all of a sudden not able to do it. And I'm like, what changed? Now all of a sudden you are able to do it. Is it because you didn't see him? You didn't have to look at him? You know, you're doing it from behind. You know, he shot him from behind type of thing. So I'm mm -hmm. like, I, I don't know. I'm thinking that's the only reason he could go forward with it, I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we, I, spoiler, I think we get confirmed as much. But I think that's, I mean, that's the way that this is able to play out this way. Mm -hmm. is he if he sees opie's face he can't do it right so and i think he knows that so he's mm -hmm. like let me just distance yep. myself a little here but he has to do it he feels like he has to do it for clay for the club yeah like this guy we might be close but like still think that he is a rat and he's you know trying to take us down and whatever yeah gotta do it and he that's the way he that's the way he can move forward and then he sees donna that was awful because you know you know in movies and tv shows like people can get shot and not die and so it's like the first shot goes through and i was like okay we're okay and then it was like obvious like <laughs> obvious that it, yeah i was like no it's not, it's not she's so you're like oh she's dead before you even see her you're, you know it's it's fatal also sam <laughs> and the episode's not over How's it not over? Everything should be over. It's not over. It was really heartbreaking. Everybody coming to Donna yep. and then Tig's pulling up like nothing happened. And then I liked Unser's line to Clay where he's like, some scumbag mm. made a tragic mistake. And I'm like, he knows. Yeah. He's got to know. And he twists the knife. Yeah. And we got I was really see. panicky at first when Opie pulled up because I thought the kids were still in the car. And I was like, oh, it's mm. going to be even more tragic. But yeah. luckily they were not. Yeah. Yeah, but we have to see Opie's reaction. We have to which was feel it, which is awful. And Stahl shows up. Of course. And Hale does what we wish he did to her, to her minion. Yeah. Well, he's like, this blood's on your hands. Mm -hmm. And then he punches that guy. And I was like, okay, maybe Hale isn't so bad. I was like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, maybe it's I, okay. I like that. I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. And then Jax makes it home. He just wants to be with his kid. We see the fallout with all of them Jax, Piney, Tig, who's like beating his head against a wall or a mirror, Clay and Gemma, like all of this. And then Opie kids asleep and he looks awful he might never sleep again like he looks straight up awful and I, yeah. all i can think was like why did no one go home with him yeah like when people who i've loved have died you know I, it would i go home with them i don't want them to be alone i'm like nobody went home with this poor man yeah where was jacks on that one like come on bud doing wendy that's yeah. where he was. That's where he was. <laughs> That's where he was. And that mm -hmm. was also confusing to me. I'm like, again, is that something people do when they're sad they're having sex? Because I that is that's the last thing. <laughs> I'm like, no. That was that was not that is not the top of my priorities when I am that sad. I will uh I will say this. Jax has a bit of a pattern. When dealing with something emotional. Okay. 
he may or may not throw himself into someone. <laughs> into someone. <laughs> and, uh, uh, yeah, and that's that's the episode. Tara tossing and turning in her bed alone, and Jack's tossing and turning in his. It was very much it was, not. It alone. was very interesting. I thought that the opening scene was exactly the same as the end scene, but with a different lady. It's a, like he was same spot, same mm-hmm. look, same lighting, everything. I was like, that's cool. It's it's a good call. It's yeah. It's like the episode opened on everybody starting their day. Yeah. And then it ended on them in bed, like at the end of the day. And it's like, what a fucking day. Yeah. And what an episode. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know if there are words, so you can just keep, you can do the rest of this podcast. Okay. So originally (laughs) when you were like, Hey, yeah, you can come on for, for this episode. And I was like, and you're like, it's a good episode. And I was like, it's the second to last episode. How exciting can it possibly be? You know, like mm-hmm. usually the last episode is very exciting. Um, and then I was like, holy shit. <laughs> As I'm watching it. I was like, okay, no, that was a good one. Um, but that that brings me to a question for you. What is the last mm-hmm. episode like? Is there a cliffhanger? Is it even more crazy? Because it's usually the last episode that's nuts. Um, or is it more like chill out? <laughs> Uh, the last episode, so you obviously don't mind being spoiled a little bit. Um, it's not like this. Okay. The last episode is is a lot of the fallout. Okay. It's the it's the suspicions. It's the funeral. Oh. It's the um. It's a lot. It's. It has its, it's not without its action, mm-hmm. but it's a, almost like a, almost like a very emotionally driven episode and a big, like, foundational episode okay. to launch kind of the rest of the series, but to, to set up season two. Um, okay. It's a, I don't want to say it's an all set up episode because like there's stuff that happens. They resolve a couple of things that are still laying out there at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, but there's, it's also very, very, very much the fallout of this mistake. Hmm. Okay. Because it was a mistake. Right. It wasn't just a mistake to put the hit out. It was literally everything got botched. Everything was. A, everything you didn't just up. kill the wrong person, but you were after the wrong person because. Right. Like we know, Stahl has told us that the real witness's identity is gonna come, gonna have to become public the next day and mm-hmm. stuff like that. That's what Unser was telling Clay. Like, the real witness is out. It's not Opie. Like, so you get we could, there's a there's still a witness out there. Like, there's so certain things you got to move forward. Certain things you got to deal with, um, mm-hmm. and then you also have. Fuck the club! Literally just killed Opie's wife. <laughs> a completely innocent person. Yeah, yeah. And how many times? How many times have they made it a point throughout this season to say, "We don't hurt innocent. We don't hurt women. We yeah. don't hurt children." They've Especially said- with all they just did to like um, protect and save Cherry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
You're like, yeah. goddamn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Any anything else that you uh wanted to hit on on this? Oh, another thing. Or any I, of your journey? I don't know if you noticed with the credits. So mm. it was super sad, super sad, and then it was like all of a sudden you have those loud ass credits rolling. <laughs> and I was like, they should have they should have put them in silent. Oh. Because it would have had much more of an impact. Like, um, I know you haven't seen Game of Thrones, but they they do that a lot. Like they they have their their awesome music, but it's like when something like happens, like it's just like drives that point home when you have just utter silence at the end. Mm. And I was me and me and uh my husband were both like well, that was that was a very chipper music for the to end <laughs> was, on. It was, was just dark difference. Throws, yeah, it throws you out of it a little bit. So I don't mm -hmm. know if you noticed that, but it was something that I was like, okay, that was a bit weird. Um, another question I wanted to ask this kind of a spoiler question is I need to know if Tig ends up with like HIV. Oh. Because this an, dude all the time. What an interesting question. Um, or if maybe someone else in the club, but I would assume it would be him. <laughs> What can I tell you about Tig's sexual um, concourse? To answer your question directly, no. Oh. Nope. He does not. Missed opportunity there. Well, it's only the beginning. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Tig has a very... Tig is not my favorite character. No, me neither. Uh, I hate him in season one. Especially after this episode. Right, right. Um, but he's not my favorite character throughout the series. However, that is because of the character. Mm -hmm. He is written very well. He has a really, really interesting arc. Okay. And he has some really, really interesting... points along that arc um that aren't all sexual but include the sexual uh component of his life uh that is he's you're gonna you're gonna take a ride with tig okay we're just at the beginning of that ride and the beginning is painful <laughs> it's painful all right i have, i have one more question that's a spoiler question uh is there ever a girl in their club in their group do they even allow girls to be in no. their club nope. no damn no uh and that is that is something that they they did that they did particularly for the culture of realism um these particularly the one percent clubs that they're depicting um do the the women don't wear patches. Uh, okay. They're not. They're not at the table. Um, traditionally, they're not even like involved. I know um, you've mentioned a couple times, like Gemma's portrayal. Like you think it's not. Yeah, I think that they. Accurate. Yeah, and I I think that they because and Sutter was asked at like at cons and stuff like that. Like, are it are there are you ever going to put a woman in the club? And he's like, no, because they. They it doesn't it, he's yeah. like and he and he he answered diplomatically where he's like in the research that we did to set up the show that is not a component of this lifestyle that's not a component of these clubs they the women don't that that's just not how they work they're very 
archaically traditional mm-hmm. in that in that way. Now, you can go out and find a weekend club, riding club that's co-ed where women wear patches, men wear patches. Like you can find that, but that's not these one percent outlaw traditional right. hierarchy type of clubs. Um, so no, there's there's not going to be women okay. wearing a patch and. And I think the way that they balance that well is by having very strong female characters attached to the men in the club. Sure. And so they still give you that dynamic. And I think, I think to a point of, of kind of culture be damned to mm-hmm. make, to give them that involvement, to give them that, like, I mean, Jim was basically pulling the fucking strings on this club. She doesn't right. need a patch. Um, and, and that's where I think they, they do veer from what the real world would be in those specific types of clubs uh but but i think that i think that's the i think that's the way that sutter navigated that was like he's like i'm not i'm i'm not just gonna say like (laughs) yep blow up every semblance of like realism that i'm trying to build here for the relatability of this club and and put a woman in it i'm just going to put really really strong women around it right i also noticed um like the race all like they're all they all seem to be i don't know i guess there's a, a little bit of hispanic stuff but um that like, comes yeah, up one one group with black people one group with hispanic people mm-hmm. and then this one is the majority white people do that. they get more diversity in there that comes up okay and that all becomes right. a thing they hit a lot. So, and I think, and without, so to not spoil you, I think what I'll say is in one of those Comic-Con responses that mm-hmm. Sutter was asked about, um, somebody brought up something about race and diversity and stuff like that and how, quite frankly, like, jarring this show is and even was back then with, like, the language that is used and how, right. how like, racial lines are just like drawn uh, in <laughs> permanent marker. Right. Um, but Sutter literally said his, in his response, he's like, I think we have, I'm pretty sure we have the most diverse like cast and yeah. show on network television, which is, uh, I think a testament considering we're writing a show about white bikers. Right. You know, so like, they hit they hit on a lot there's we get we get a lot of we get a lot of the racial stuff we get they hit on topics back when this show was going which concluded in what was it 2014 mm-hmm. is when this show ended on tv and there is representation and depiction of things that are very, very current right now. Unfortunately, I'm sure. Um, and some of them are, I think, while they were done through the lens of what Sons of Anarchy is, very, very positive depictions. Mm-hmm. And then some that are just gut-wrenching, as they should be. Right. Or the topic of material that we're going to hit. And when those happen, I'm going to try to do a disclaimer at the beginning of episodes to say, hey, trigger warning for this. Trigger yeah. warning for that. There's going to be a few of those. Um, but it is 
it was it was done very very well while staying true to what this show is meant to be mm-hmm. and still addressing a lot of like very controversial topics and not shying away from anything and just putting them at the center of like episode plots and it's like yeah this is real conversation stuff this is real stuff like you're gonna watch it yeah you're gonna have to see it yeah and let's just say it's not always adults and mm. sometimes it's tough that makes me sad Mm-hmm. yeah but I can't wait for you to see it. Yay! Let's <laughs> end on that positive note. <laughs> uh, okay, so if you're still here, it means you must really like the show or you just really like Cousin Amy. Either way, <laughs> I don't care. Uh, you should join the Patreon. Um, it's awesome. It has bonus episodes. It has uh, shout-outs in the episodes. It has the fan fiction that I was writing. There's six chapters of that that are up in uh, in there for the fictional sequel um, that I must reiterate, I think, in light of current events and whatnot. We're not getting a sequel. That's not happening. That's not coming. So I started writing my own. And, um, yeah, it's you should check it out. Shout out again to Alice, our newest bonus binge patron. Member patreon.com slash belated binge. Before we go, let's rewrite Sons of Anarchy one small change from the episode at a time. For this episode, what if hail didn't take so long to tell Unser about the way Stahl set up Opie. Ah. Good question. Mm-hmm. Do you want to take a stab? Okay, so Unser came in and Hale was now in the jail, jail cell hanging out, right? <laughs> and he was like, you know, going back and forth between do I do what's right for my badge or I do what's right, you know, to so if I don't, someone's going to get hurt. And I loved Unser there because he was like, he said something like, these badges aren't even real silver. <laughs> and I'm like, and it kind of bothered me that like that would even come up, Hale. Like, why is that even a question mm-hmm. <laughs> like that you're that you're struggling with? You know what I mean? Especially since he seems to have like grown up here, like know all these people, mm-hmm. like the, you know, I'm like, you know this guy. But he that... wants nothing more than to take them down. Yeah. But he just doesn't know. want to do it like this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Yeah. I just think that's interesting. I agree with you. That question will be shared on social media at belated binge across all the things. There's also an exclusive Facebook group for listeners of the podcast where you can see cousin Amy do her reaction threads when she watches the episodes for the first time. And I don't invite her on the podcast, uh, which she can come back anytime ever. Uh, And yeah, you can share your response in there as well. Best responses will be used in a future episode of the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please follow review all that stuff. Belatedbinge.com. Leave a voicemail, do all the things. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for coming and hanging out. It's about damn time. That's good this is fun. You. you too. We're going to have to do more of these. So I'm, many I'm for it. I'm all about it. <laughs> okay. New co-host solidified. I didn't even ask. I just told. Remember, life is short. Buy the motorcycle. And when you do, wear a helmet. Dress for the slide, not the ride. And make sure you're taking belated binge, Sons of Anarchy, along for that ride.